Welcome to Heathen in the Hedge. This is a podcast about marriage, magic, and beyond. My name's Merlin. And I'm Shay. Today, we're going to be talking everything ancestors. Ancestor altars, working with your ancestors, everything that we've learned in the last, like, eight months of working with our ancestors. We're just going to share that journey with you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We'll kind of give you all a little bit of a backstory as to kind of how that journey came to be for us and just kind of what we've experienced so far. Mm -hmm. And uh, then we'll kind of just share with you all what we've learned so far along this journey and just uh, where we plan to go uh, as we dive a little bit deeper into our ancestral paths. So yeah, let's just jump right in. Uh, So what kind of sparked for, for you, do you think, the journey down the ancestral path? Because technically we kind of started at the same time but i think our triggers for starting were completely different so it was literally right before i broke my leg when i first started like entertaining that idea Mm -hmm. i was working with um i'm trying to think of how how it even triggered it was just started with like dream work and like divination and just getting like images in my journey work of like um I don't even know how to explain it, but I knew that it was ancestral imagery, things that were connected to my, like, family past from a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then when I broke my leg, I went, like, full balls to the wall into my ancestor work because I had nothing to do but meditate and do journey work and contemplate my dreams. And... um yeah, and then working with one of um, one of my teachers online, like a shamanic teacher, you can find her at Realm of Runes on TikTok. But working with her and talking to her through some of my journey work, um, she, I don't know, kind of pushed oh, me on even farther yeah. into. She guided you a little, like going into my like Slavic ancestry and like embracing my Bulgarian family and. Um, all of that stuff, because I'd kind of, I don't know, just not been very interested in looking at that side of my spirituality, like the family side of my spirituality, mm-hmm. until like the last eight months to a year, however long it's been. Right. It's been over a year since I've been entertaining the idea, but mm-hmm. I've been like steadily and consistently doing ancestor work probably for the last eight months, like consistently. What about you? Uh, So for me, like, I mean, I feel like it kind of just started out of nowhere, but it's always been something that I've been curious about. Um, It was about right after we got the store up and running. So this past summer, Mm -hmm. um, like basically like May. You know, like, (laughs) so I, uh, had met like a really cool person at my store who really like kind of just was a person who gave me some amazing advice and tips on just how to connect with my, like my roots and like my ancestral abilities and paths and all that (laughs) stuff. So I always was really interested, but kind of nervous because I didn't really know who I was going to be contacting or what exactly Mm -hmm. that entailed, where my family lineage really comes from, all that stuff. So it was kind of a hard um, start for me because I kind of just did not allow myself to really do anything. Yeah, Uh, I just wasn't sure what I really wanted to do. And I also just felt kind of like, lost as to what I, um, should do to, to, to really like connect with them. Yeah. And so even though I did have like that really nice, like a uh, friend of mine who kind of really became like a huge person who, um, is like a mentor to me now is like in a lot of ways, a part of like the journey that I'm on still. Mm-hmm. And so, all of that really just literally tumbled like at once. It was like you were already on your journey and then like out of nowhere well, 
mine kind of started at the same time. And I wasn't honesty, really like looking to start it. It just kind of happened. In all honesty, I could like you kind of also triggered me to like go deeper into my own because I mean I had been, but I had. Well, that's been... true. You didn't make an altar until I did. But... Yeah, like it. Yeah, I had just been doing like journey work and like dream work and that kind of stuff, and then you you. Well, what's uh, to go back to your story, like whenever you decided to start, like whenever you opened yourself up to that, it was crazy how many people came into the store that were like um, basically affirming what you were wanting to do or like your, your, cause you had a ton of people come in like all within like a three week period that were connected to in some way like your ancestral traditions and it was it was it was pretty like balls to the wall spiritually forward (laughs) (laughs) well yeah so okay getting to that because there's gonna be we're gonna get to that but um yeah it was really insane kind of how it all happened and the way that like yes yes i think it was like my ancestors telling me like it is time like you are ready like we need you to listen to us now like acknowledge us like we are here because i went through a very dark period where it was tough like it was tough running my business doing a lot of things because a lot of things at the time was really hard and I yeah. was dealing with like literally like emotional stuff, like physical stuff yeah. and like other people's stuff at the same time. Yeah. And so at the time I really just didn't, I kind of started out of like the necessity to feel like I wasn't alone. Like I wasn't fighting like this silent battle on my own is what it felt like. Yeah. Like it felt like they came to me at that moment because they knew I needed them. Oh yeah. Like to know that I like that they were there. Mm-hmm. And like if it wasn't for that really 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 like coincidental timing. Yeah. I think that like I could have definitely crumbled in that moment. Yeah. I wasn't feeling my best. I was definitely like super freaking like discouraged. <laughs> yeah, and it kind of you doing your own ancestor work. Kind yeah. Of, it kind of forced you to do some like self-care things right like it even though there was a lot going on with you and with like us like me breaking my leg you starting a store like, yeah i was having a i was Briar having a rough go school, like, <laughs> everything was a little bit crazy for a minute like, right i think it forced you to like take moments for yourself to slow down and kind of just be with yourself well yeah like well you remember when i told you how i had that so after, and I'll get to that. Gosh, I guess I'll get to that. I'm trying not to jump the gun because this this is going to be, I'm going to try not to. <laughs> this could be a long episode. This could be a long episode, but I'm trying not to get too like in depth right away because I want to like really get to the good stuff because I want, it, I want this to unfold exactly how it unfolded for us. So yeah. starting out, this was blind eye, okay? We really did not have a clue what we were doing. It was just basic instinct. Like I really just felt like my beginning was to just start like an altar. Yeah. But before I started my altar, I really asked a lot of questions. Like I was really just kind of like, well, what should I do? What, you know, what is even like a, a like a, a way to really connect? Yeah. And, and what am I connecting to? Yeah. And, and is it even going to help? Is it going to be beneficial? Am I going to feel anything? Is it, and, and trust me, like this was a process because at the beginning I really felt a lot of like, uh, pressure to be really attentive to it. Yeah. Knowing that that's not really the kind of person I am. I have a hard time, like, assistant. Yeah. And so that's hard for me. Well, that's something I think is across the board with, and I've talked with multiple practitioners, like, in the beginning of any, like, ritual like uh, like, daily ritual or, like, spell work or anything like that. Like, you remember how, like, balls to the wall we were in the very beginning with like collecting moon water and like yeah. charging our crystals yeah. and like that kind of stuff and like stop it we, we were baby witches i know but we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't at one do point that. like everybody is 
No, totally. I'm just saying, like, um, well, you don't feel as like in like you don't feel as enslaved to just do something because it's expected, or yeah. like you have an expectation of yourself to always just you know. Be... Well, I also think that's our that's the human mind's way of like really learning things. Well, like, I mean, this you, is true. This is just, true. You beat it into your brain, like yeah, hard at first. <laughs> well, now it's like I know I need to spend more time giving attention to my altar. But at the same time, I think my problem is, is that my altar is too big for me. It's in a place that is hard for me to miss. I don't feel like as connected to it anymore. And I think it's because it's just a lot to maintain. Yeah. So my goal is to like, kind of, uh, we're about to downsize, downsize both of of them and make them and make it smaller. So it's more easier to maintain. Yeah. But the journey to this point was really out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I think both of us actually at the beginning, uh, when we first came into it, we, we both had a hard time because our ancestral roots even had like Christian, like Christianity involved yeah, and using like the Bible and using like those types of things as a part of like connecting. Yeah. Cause I wanted to like connect with, I didn't know in the very beginning that like, not all of your ancestors give a shit <laughs> about I mean, what's yeah. going on. <laughs> so, like, I was trying to appease... Did we talk about this before? I was trying to appease, like, all of my ancestors, so I went and bought a Bible. Yeah, you kind of spoke about this in our last episode a little bit, but... Even though that's not... Yeah. I don't connect at all with the Bible personally. And even still trying to do that to, like, get my more my more current, like, or recent deceased ancestors to like loosen up and like um put break down the walls i guess they still didn't like they're still very much um christians and jehovah's witnesses on right. the other side and do not approve of witchcraft and right shamanic practices and i had to kind of cut those ties i had to like spiritually cut those ties with some of those family members because um i knew that those were going to be negative spiritual relationships. So, right. So be it. Right. <laughs> and yeah, like that makes sense. Sometimes you just have to do that. Yeah. You it's can't, trial you can't, and error. Yeah. You can't There's do no right and wrong way to like everything. go about any of this. Absolutely. Like, and that was something like our altars are similar in some ways, but still very different because I try to, like tap into more of like my Slavic and like um, European ancestry. And you're definitely like more trying to do like a traditional, like um, African, African, like African American, like um, I wouldn't say like a hoodoo altar, but I mean, in some ways, yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, I am definitely basically practicing hoodoo now Yeah, and no, I'm, and I'm okay with that. And yeah. I, and I, think that that's going to be another episode for another day where I will talk more in depth about my journey into like yeah. hoodoo and you'll talk more about your journey into like Slavic paganism and what that is like and all of that jazz. So we will have yeah. more like in-depth conversations about that kind of stuff. But today this is really just more about the actual like ancestral quote unquote path that we've both taken and really that has nothing to do with our religious beliefs but Mm -hmm. our ancestral tapping has something to do with obviously our genetics and where we come from in our families so mine is definitely rooted in african practices which are mostly um for the lack of the better term hoodoo and uh you know afro you know, Afro-Christianity, like religion, like they still used Bibles. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, They still technically were doing that kind of stuff. So for me at the beginning, when I was first introduced, I almost felt kind of like nervous because I really have, you know, scars with the Christian faith. And so feeling as Mm -hmm. though there was some way, like still this door to Christianity for me was just like a, a, a a kind of like a why moment. Like, I just didn't understand why, like, what does this have to do with my, my journey to my ancestors? Because my ancestors were not, you know, um, all from like that same religious, you know, belief system. You go back 
far enough in any 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 culture and it's right it's not christian right 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 so that's why <laughs> yeah. i was kind of like you know hello like let's surpass this come on move on so for me like once i kind of realized that i don't have to cater to that in my practice yeah it felt better but for my grandmother my grandfather yeah. like those people on my altar like i definitely don't think that i have any issues with them at all as far as like whether they care honestly they i don't have any issues at all with my ancestors well, I, uh connecting with me through like my tools and yeah. things like that like i don't think any of them are like offended at all and honestly i do i think it's because my grandmother was always kind of an ex like an accepting person for sure you know, like yeah. when she, even when she was alive and she's like one of the only people that I connect to now because she's the only person I knew that when she was alive. And I think anything past that I'm connecting to like old, old, old family members, kind of like, you know, like we've said before. Yeah. yeah. I've also like acknowledged recently in my personal pre like ancestor work that some of the wall between Christianity and like my ancestral practice is with me. Right. <laughs> like some Definitely. of that wall is mine. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe sometime in the future when I can break down the stigma in my own mind of Christianity and what it's done to my family, um, maybe I can work past that. But like, that's something that I've had to work on um, is like looking into like Celtic and like Welsh and even some of the Slavic and like Germanic and Norse pagan traditions. They're very influenced and even like kind of adopted some of the Christian customs, especially like in Celtic and like, uh, like Welsh witchcraft. Like I was reading a book, um, Welsh witchcraft by Moira Starling. And that's something that she was talking about. And it's a great book, but like that still like leaves stigma in my mind when I was reading it. Like I don't want to have anything to do with the Bible when I'm practicing my witchcraft and doing my rituals and ceremonies and so I, I can acknowledge that 50% of that problem is me. Right. So right. that's something to work on. And, and, and that's a part of the journey. That's why I think every spiritual journey is supposed to be individual because we all have something to learn from our own journeys. You, you can't have one size fit all to your spiritual journey. Yeah. Um, man, we should make that a t-shirt anyway. Well, I, I, it's funny because I just posted something on Instagram today that said your spirituality should not be a default from your, um, it should not be like a societal default because I feel like sometimes in modern Western society, like Christianity is just the default faith that right, everybody falls right. into. Well, right. And most of our, and most of like our family members are in that yeah. faith. So and of course you're raised like, by them, and, yeah. which is why we, there's a lot less stopped. friction when you go that way. But right. I, I personally believe like I'm more fulfilled finding my own spiritual truth right. than, than not to get off and on that side of it. Cause that's not really ancestral conversation, but yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, find your own spiritual truth. Right. And that's why, like, we have kind of exposed our daughter to many things. You know, she's, yeah. she's gone to church. She's gone to rituals. She's gone to, you know, pagan events. We've taken, we've, we, she has an altar. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Like, she we, does. we just, like, let her be, man. You know, like, let the children be. Well, like, let's... allow them to experiment and, like, just try. You know, she sees what we do, so she wants to be like us. And I think that that... In a lot of ways, you know, a lot of things will stick. Some things will change. You know, she'll become her own person. But a lot of this journey for us, I think our ancestral journey is coming because we have a lot of our own, not our, not just our own healing, but our, like our generational trauma. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's come to its head. Totally. Everything that has allowed our families to fester in like darkness and like just those like pitiful excuse like ex the excuses that they come well, up with and it's and patterns the, it's like yeah it's the patterns, patterns that are just like constantly in place yeah like my family is something that is time like to put to rest like we are the people in our families yeah. that broke that chain yeah yeah because both of us yeah no seriously because like 
I come from like a multiple generation Jehovah's Witness family with multiple generations of alcoholics and multiple generations of like sexual abuse and like domestic abuse and all of that stuff. And like, that is, that's not something that I ever wanted to be. So even, yeah, that's, it's a lot. Yeah. And because of, because of our backgrounds and like just the, the, ways we grew up that's something that we both did not want to bring into like our next generation yeah or into our family yeah um and honestly like it's kind of funny but none of that's ever really just you know been said out loud i think we both just kind of know like you know in our minds yeah that we want to be better and um i believe a lot of why we're on this path now is to heal that to make that possible we can't heal from the things that have put a little bit of like a, you know, a bruise on us when it's still kind of, you know, pressing down. And so I feel a lot of that has changed for us because we have made the connections we've made. We've taken like the steps that we've taken. We've removed ourselves from like the family and the pressure and the, all that stuff that kind of comes with, um, really just kind of being around toxic people like my family you know is not 100 percent toxic but they just they tend to imply a lot of um entitlement Mm -hmm. into my life yeah without really like displaying any like sort of affection or care and it's almost just like it's a newsletter you know what i mean like our lives are newsletters to everyone in the family and then you know, it's, well, it's, yeah. and it's normal for you to just gossip about, like, I had to sit my mom down the other day and explain to her what gossip was and why it's gossiping because yeah. she was literally asking me about someone like, Oh, how are they doing? What's been up with them lately? And I'm like, why don't you ask her? Why don't you ask him? Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, why do I need to do, I mean, she's like, I tried, but I mean, you know, they don't really respond. I said, well then wait for them to respond because mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about someone, especially like something about yeah, them that's it's all personal. speculation until you're talking to the person themselves. Well, no, because it's something personal. And then, you know, that's just like, what if that person is, you Not know, wanting to be private yeah. about that in their lives. And then here you are asking someone else about someone yeah. when you really should just be asking them for like, you know, my family does that all the time. That's yeah. the reason why I have a strain with my family yeah. because they never talk to me one-on-one directly. It's always asking someone else how I'm doing. Yeah. Never asking me directly, even though they have my phone number, they know how to get in contact with me. Yeah. So it's something I'm healing and I've been feeling so much better about it. Yeah. Because it did bother me. For but sure. yeah. I feel like now that I'm on the journey that I'm on, like the entire path has led me to truly heal from that. Yeah. Um and so that kind of leads into my next question, which is Well, I was gonna what kind of oh, oh go ahead. No, no I was no. gonna say too, like <laughs> My, uh, and it's I'm going to keep that part short, but okay. like I think my family's problem in the past, and I'm not concerned about what my family is doing right now, because <laughs> I'm I am healing from my um, viewpoint of my family, your own personal journey. Yes, but I think in the past, what my family's problem has been was ignoring that they're was any problems even Mm -hmm. though we were nothing but problems Mm -hmm. (laughs) like abusive alcoholic like mentally unstable people but we kind of just tried to pretend like that wasn't fucking going on right and it just festers and festers and festers and um it doesn't work for anybody so like a part of my journey has been just acknowledging that like i am toxic (laughs) Well, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's shit that I need to work on. Well, you know, like we said, the balance. Yeah. You know, there's a light and a dark. But what I was going to ask was, so what has developed for you in this journey? Like now that you are this far in, it's been, you know, six, seven months. What are some things that you've developed along this journey with your ancestors and like the 
the signs that have now like been made clear to you and things that you've like discovered and experienced like up to this point. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of stuff for this and I think forgiveness is a good one. Like my like some of the spirits and some of the ancestral deities that I've worked with have like kind of taught me through my dream and journey work how to let go of some of those things. Even the things that like deeply bother me like they've taught me that i can't there's nothing that i can actually do about that right Only so worry like, about what you can control let go of it mm-hmm. and yeah that's a big thing going on right now totally like only focus on what you can control yeah only worry about what you can control everything else out of your control is like just a waste of time mm-hmm. a waste of breath that's something i've been trying to learn with like our daughter is just letting things happen sometimes because wait, like just taking the time to explain to just all the things doesn't do anything sometimes, you know, she's going to try to do it anyways. Like she, you know, kids are going to attempt to do whatever they're going to do regardless. Like mm-hmm. that video I just, that we were giggling about, but you know, that's like a part of the journey. Yeah. You can't always explain your way out of everything. You can't always talk, you could talk to your blue in the face and things will not change. Yeah. So it's really just about allowing things to happen exactly how they're going to happen, regardless of if you want to deal with it or not. Yeah. But some of the biggest parts of this journey. Well, so I ended up starting like a whole, basically like face cleansing ritual. Yeah. That has been really nice. And allowed me to connect to my ancestral orishas and, like, the spirits who just, like, are trying to, I think, tell me things. Like the, is what is the Oshun? Is that something? Is that, like, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's been, it's been really cool getting to experience something that, honestly... If I think about it, like, I've been doing that routine for, like, over 60 days. Yeah. And that means I've done something consistently for over 60 days. Like, they've even... It's almost like it just is, like, secretly sneaked in. Yeah. That, like, I'm starting to do the things that I so desperately have been wanting to do, but have had a hard time doing. It's like they really have slowly implemented things for me you know, in a lot of ways. And obviously I have to, like, it's my work that I've done it, but I'm saying that it's the messages. So yeah. like, for example, on this journey, like I've gotten messages from not only like the tarot cards, but one thing that really became prominent to me in this journey that I didn't even know was a thing. Like a lot of things that I did started becoming so hoodoo forward and like yeah. i didn't even know like i didn't even realize how i was just doing it like Naturally. instinctually yeah like okay for instance right after we started the practicing i like instinctually just like covered our mirror like he was like well that's very you know hoodoo of you yeah. <laughs> and then i said you know what actually let's just move this mirror out of the room completely yeah. <laughs> And well, he's it's, just like, it's uh, funny because I recognize okay. I recognize that immediately because I'm like <laughs> I've done research on like African spiritual culture in the past just because that's my thing is like researching but what's funny everything is I didn't that even I can. Look that up. I just did. And it. like she like <laughs> covered the mirror up and it like triggered like a study memory. I was like, that is a hoodoo thing. Like, <laughs> and I don't even know why I did it. I just like I just something in me like that's what I'm saying. It's almost like I now can tell like what it means to be led like spiritually led yeah like i do things based off of like knowing that that's not something that i would generally do but something that my spirits want me to do oh shit yeah and not and not instinctually like not really thinking about it but just kind of being like just doing it because it's like it's the right thing to do or it just feels right yeah so like covering the mirror or moving the mirror out of the room was like what i really felt comfortable doing i was like you know what i never really liked this mirror in my room anyway i'm ready to remove it Something else that I thought was funny when you were talking about the friend that like has influenced you a lot in your spirituality, spirituality in the last eight months or so. Um, we both 
felt uneasy about having our ancestor altars in the bedroom. Oh, yeah, because we started them in the bedroom at first. And it just didn't feel right. Right. And then we were talking to her about ancestor altars because she's, like, deep into ancestral work. She's definitely got a little bit more headway on us. And she was talking about places you don't want to have it. And And she literally asked. Yeah, she was like, (laughs) you don't have it in the bedroom, do you? And I was like, fuck. Mm, We're going to need to do that. (laughs) I was like, you know what? We... I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I had a feeling. I had a feeling it was weird. Yep. So that was kind of like really funny because I was just like, wow. Wow. Like, you know, it's, it's the, that's what I mean by now. It's like instinctual. Yeah. And, um, my showers, uh, my showers started becoming a place of like true, uh, connection to Mm -hmm. my ancestors. Like, I feel like I just stand under the water and ask them to just cleanse me yeah and send me messages and sometimes i really do get messages yeah i get messages all the time yeah and it's not but what's funny is because i think of the ancestors that i'm connecting to anytime that i'm working with like elements whether it's like what like water or herbs um fire i always get like the strongest messages now mm-hmm. it's almost like a second voice in my head yeah i just well, hear things yeah that's something as like a thought but it's really a message you know yeah that's something that i learned like in my early like deity work um like with some of the like norse and slavic deities that i've worked with is like learning to separate your thoughts and like stuff in your dream work from like messages like mm-hmm. that that's a huge thing to like be mindful of and conscious of is your own thoughts during your meditation and your journey work and that kind of stuff because you can separate your own thoughts from the actual messages but if you're not being mindful of your own thoughts like sometimes you'll be planting things in yourself right and you kind of just have to keep that slate clean and just just let the deity and the spirits speak to you um that's that's probably my piece of divinatory or ancestry ancestral communication advice is just learning to kind of shut up and listen yeah yeah well i mean some other things that i've experienced as far as like this journey has been really clear divination i mean i have like the decks that sit on my altar that i want them to use for sure and i feel like they definitely tell me what i need to know all the time Mm -hmm. um super accurately yeah my my altar really reacts when they want me to know something like for instance my candle won't stay lit when I notice that they want me to pay attention yeah, a lot. Um, or I will have this, I have this tiny little plant that it finally died, but I think it was just because I really like just let the altar go. So it was kind of like a way. It's also not a lot of natural light in the kitchen. Well, well it's not supposed to be a lighted, <laughs> like a lit plant. It was a tiny, like succulent type of mm-hmm. plant, but Either way, I just feel like what it was telling me was that it was time to re like to redo the altar. Yeah. I need to um think about how I would like it to to be. And on top of that, there's a lot of factors to having a dedicated space. Yeah. And so I really just want to find more like intimate time with my with my altar that's why i think i need to make it a little bit smaller but um well let's, let's we, go, we, go we, ahead go ahead i was gonna say let's go straight into like preparing an ancestor altar or putting one together yeah since you're kind of there like what kind of things would you say from like a hoodoo standpoint or like your personal standpoint mm-hmm. what are the must-haves of an ancestor altar and it doesn't have don't don't even look at it as must-haves because ultimately this is your if you're putting together an ancestor altar it's going to be yours completely like do what feels right to you this is not like by any means rules to follow this is just like stuff that we do and some ideas i guess you know yeah yeah 
Um, so for me, I have noticed that pretty much the, the, the top parts of my altar that I use, because I have some parts on there that are really not getting used. So I think that that's why I need to kind of downsize it. But, um, the parts that I have on my altar are, um, photos of some of my family members, um, that I feel connected to. I have like herbs that represent ancestral connection and love and peace. Um, I have crystals that are for that same, mm -hmm. that same purpose. Um, let's see. I have one, like the main candle. We always use like a white candle that we try to keep lit. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're at home, at least we try to have the, the candles lit at, and, um, let's see, I have a jar for offerings. So yeah. putting like candy or food, which I'm trying to get better about. I think that that's the next thing I can tell that they want me to leave more offerings, but I just really forget. And sometimes I'll put the offering out and then forget to take it and, and throw it in the trash the next day. So then it like molds or gets like old. And so I try not to put out food food. So that's why I really am trying to get to that point of being that attentive with my altar um, in a more intentional way. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. What else do I have? trying to think of like what's actually important to me but aside from that i do have uh, money i have like a note that i wrote to my ancestors mm -hmm. asking them to please leave me uh messages or connect with me in my dreams or when i'm asleep because that's usually the easiest way to get like a message across um and i also have a chalice of water to mm -hmm. give them water on a regular basis. Um, usually fill it up and I leave it for, you know, maybe one to three days and then mm -hmm. I pour the water out. Uh, I have a cup of salt for protection and grounding and it's just like pink salt. Mm -hmm. Aside from that, everything else on the altar is kind of just like here and there. Like I have protection spray, I have Florida water spray, I have... Um, infused oil that I like to use sometimes for my candle, um, to kind of like anoint my candle with peace and love, um, and to kind of like call on my ancestors. Mm -hmm. And I also have like an incense tray so I can burn incense for them. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. The rest of it is just like, I have an altar cloth. I have a couple altar cloths. Um, that I have on the altar as well and my tools that I like to use on the yeah. altar. So like my wand, my mortar and pestle, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So those are just general items that I use. Oh, and my tarot cards and my oracle cards. Yeah. And those are the only things on the altar that I use specifically for ancestral work. And then of course, like I have my, um, really pretty like Aja figurine that you got me. It was like a little statue. Yeah. That's really pretty. That sits at the top. Yeah. So my goal is if I put it in a box, it would be to take it out in a space and just set it up for that day and then put it away. So I don't have to constantly have it in one spot. Yeah. I definitely want to downsize mine to being like, more mobile, I suppose. Right, more portable. Yeah. You could take it everywhere. And so, like, that would be the goal. But um, I've definitely noticed that just basically the, the medium connection, mm -hmm. being able to connect and get messages and hear are, like, so clear to me now. It's mm -hmm. so, like I can be walking past my altar and it just says, like, hey. Mm-hmm. I, you want you need to do a reading. You want to mm -hmm. grab these cards real quick? I'm like, no, not really. They're like, come on, grab these cards. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I guess. Like, you know, it's, it's almost just like a second nature now. So I feel like the more I go on the path of this journey, mm -hmm. the stronger that it's making sense to me what exactly everything is for. Yeah. What about you? Like, what, if, what are some things you've gained? Because I know, like, you kind of said that... Um, well, there's not a lot of... We know I we know that like Slavic and Germanic ancient pagans did 
commune and like worship their ancestors right but we have no idea how they did that because i mean colonization started with us <laughs> like we killed our own cultures before we tried to steal other people's cultures okay. so like there's no real traditional way of knowing like how my ancestors worked with their ancestors mm -hmm. so that was kind of a that was something to like get past because like I was a little bit jealous at first, I suppose, because like hoodoo is a very like alive practice. Like there's a lot of still people in the tradition, like multiple generations of those traditions. So right. like, um, you kind of like had a, a whole building uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A structure, mm -hmm. kind of a little bit, to mm -hmm. like kind of base it off of. And I just had to kind of wing it with what felt right and like just pay attention to what my ancestors were telling me in my journey work. So I always keep like a candle and some water and just things that mean things to me, like usually black stones and green stones for prosperity and protection. Mm -hmm. um, amethyst for healing because every bloodline needs healing and um yeah just things that mean things to me like one of the my ancestor spirits i asked like what would be the best thing to offer and they said fire and music so like i keep a radio on my altar currently i'll probably downsize that to like a little speaker or something because it is too big to be on an altar but like yeah like i kind of just went off of like what my ancestors were telling me herbs i keep herbs like i like to keep like a uh, protective and prosperous herbs and that kind of things things that i think they would like i offer them tobacco and coffee and stuff like that but yeah just kind of wing it i just right. i totally just winged mine yeah so <laughs> let's talk about the parts where the ancestors kind of came in really deeply with the animals i was that's exactly where i was going to go next okay because it was an animal spirit that told me it was the mammoth i think i've talked about the mammoth spirit before in a right podcast. right but she was the one that like told me like fire and water and like the one that told me whenever i tried to like put the bible on my altar like you can definitely try that but I, it's not going to work like i i talked to these people like I already know they're not into that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, like, and that's funny because I had been visited by this spirit for, like, probably six years, maybe seven years, and not knowing why I'm having a dream about this, like, mammoth, this giant mammoth that sometimes is an old woman. <laughs> <laughs> Dressed in furs and, like, very, like, primitive-looking face. Like, she looks like a neanderthal or a cave person but i'd been having like dreams of this person slash mammoth for like years and years and it wasn't until i started doing my ancestry ancestor like spiritual work that she finally told me who she was she was just kind of around guiding me before that and then whenever i decided to step in and do ancestral work she was like okay that's what i am like i am an ancestral spirit to you and i've just been waiting for you to open your fucking eyes <laughs> like kind like, of okay that, kind of that sort of energy <laughs> oh, she, was, hi. she was like yeah it's i don't know but that's definitely um something that's been a huge part of mine is paying attention to like animal imagery and um that sort of thing in my practice right i feel like I feel like a lot of my, um, a lot of my journey, I thought it was a, like, I thought I was connecting with a fox, but now that I kind of had an epiphany from the last, like, day or two, I don't even remember what triggered that, but it's actually like a... Jackal? Like an African jackal. Yeah. Which actually kind of looks like a fox. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy. But I had, I, I only had one dream... So, yeah, one like, well, I've had multiple dreams, but there was only one in specifics that was uh, one in particular yeah. that was so vivid. It was like this 
Like you knew that it was something. Yeah, yeah. It was it was something so vivid that I was like, oh, this means something. Like this has to mean something. Mm-hmm. So now that I kind of know what it is, I'm like, okay. Um, it makes a lot more sense to me now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like on this journey, like, uh, what was it? Oh, I had a I had a psychic reading that pretty much let me know that the that the spirit uh Aja was trying to reach out to me. Yeah. And wanted me to know that basically like I am, you know, her child and because that's what they call it like in African culture is that like when an like when you have um Arishas, they kind of like have their children, I guess. And mm-hmm. so the qualities that you possess or the or that technic technically I guess that spirit is chooses chooses you yeah and, and like your your path and journey so it's kind of crazy how I always had like a feeling of wanting to heal yeah people but I never really wanted to like fully be a nurse or a doctor or anything like that yeah like I always felt like that just wasn't for me and then getting into my own health journey and then finding out that I had these health issues that really modern medicine was not helping me with. It was almost like a literal sign. It was like, hello, like you've got your own healing to do. And this is going to be what you do for other people. Like yeah, you're a healer, you know? Totally. And so I really like did not know that this path or this journey all was going to lead to something. But now that I am here, it all makes sense. Like, Aja is like the goddess of like, you know, the forest and herbalism and healing yeah. and animals and the whole nine. She's literally directly she's, connected with herbal medicine. Yes. She's literally <laughs> everything I am. So for me to be like a child of her is like, oh, hello. That makes sense. Yeah. Everything that I've gotten into up to this moment, every everything that I enjoyed about being a healer brought me to this this purpose and like that's the reason why because I had that predetermined destiny like I was supposed to be this person totally yeah and that's like really cool to be able to to kind of step into my own purpose like mm-hmm. this early on in life yeah. it's nice but it's also a lot of pressure because I am a young person and I do have a lot of fire in me which takes you know pretty much takes off you know everything is just going right with it Mm -hmm. and so even though like that's the kind of person i am i also you know tend to neglect myself which is why i think it's so crazy how like this entire journey has been like hey take care of yourself too like you're a healer but you got to heal you too for sure yeah you know you can't pour from an empty tank and i feel like that's all i've been doing for the last like two years is you know handling and juggling and doing a lot of things that I really had to do on a complete zero and not giving myself enough rest. Like to the point that like I'll have complete like days of hibernation. Like I'm just sleeping like five hours straight Yeah, and then going back to sleep the next, like the same night. Like it's, (laughs) yeah, it's, you know, we need that sometimes. I mean, I do need to just pass the fuck out. I mean, I do, but it's to the point that like, you know, I should, I should be able to voluntarily have, you know, rest and I should be able to get, the kind of self-care that I need and things Absolutely. that I deserve, but it is hard to do those things. So it's nice to remind or to be reminded that I am worthy um, and should prioritize my own self-care, which is why my whole entire initiative for this year is to just like be still and self self-love. Like all yeah. I'm doing this year is basically not trying to complicate things for myself and just allow myself to enjoy being. Mm-hmm. That's something. Yeah. That's, taking care of yourself is a huge thing yeah spiritually and physically like um that's something because i've always been drawn towards like a healing path as well like more of a shamanic path but i've always felt like there was a wall up like there was something preventing me from doing that and that's because i was never looking inside myself Mm -hmm. deeply i wasn't doing the proper shadow work that i needed to be doing or any of that stuff, and that's something else that, like, ancestral work has taught me is that, like, my ancestors have, like, directly told me, like, you're never going to be able to help anybody else if you don't learn how to help yourself, and, like, that was, that's been a huge 
thing is learning to mentally and spiritually take care of myself. I can't, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, I'm going to be a shitty healer if I can't keep myself healed. Absolutely. That's one, oh God, that's something that we will have another episode on, but people in the healing community that are actually not healing themselves. Yeah. And you have to like, we, and we will have an entire episode about that and like the things to look out for and examples because we have plenty, but that's another day, another story. We just want to basically say that like, yeah, like in our journeys right now, we are definitely like our most healed selves. Like we have been doing nothing, but I think really working through our own internal struggles yeah, and re- like, like reflections and with our history and family. Like I really did a whole deep dive even more ancestrally. Cause my mom like gave me a whole book of like my, my ancestral background almost like just, where my family came from and where they started. Like I have family members who walked on the trail of tears Yeah. or, you know, I have, yeah, you did. That, that's a whole other thing. Like, yeah. That, that book, your yeah. ancestral book. That was like a, that was a whole, freaking... well, there was a lot of things that were affirmed in that, that yeah. you had been talking about. Yeah. Like where your grandfather's from, uh, like, would not easy from Nigeria or he's like or... like they they have a trace to the Yoruban tribe yes. so I know I'm Yoruban yeah yeah right but you already knew that right before I did I just said something like I had a feeling I was because we your mom was like talking about it I'm trying not talking yeah like about a Yoruba you, yes she she had mentioned Yoruba and I was like wait a second like Shay's been talking about like feeling a connection to or the, Yoruba tribe to Yoruba, but... Yoruba people right and I don't know that was like around the same time that there were multiple people from the hoodoo community and like from stuff that you're Mm -hmm. connected to coming into like our lives and into the shop and Mm -hmm. it was just all of that happening at once once. (laughs) and i was i was like uh, this is like not a fucking coincidence no (laughs) no this is all happening at the same day you had, time you, you had like actively had people coming in and like affirming thing, things and i was i was doing all of mine blind so i was like <laughs> i was like amazed well watching you think you. it was blind but it wasn't well I, what it happened initially is like my the the deity that i work with the, the most is odin like i've talked about that before and he told me in a dream one time like um he basically was like our connection, like talking about me and him, like mm-hmm. our connection um, means nothing in comparison to like your connection with the earth. So I started like diving into like, um, like working with the land spirits and the earth spirits of like here, because he had said something in the dream, like I'm, I'm never going to be able to connect to you here until you make peace and make an offering to the land spirits that live here because this is their territory. So I started doing that. I started working with the land spirits and then kind of got on good terms with them. Right. And then I had, I've talked about, I talked about the mountain spirit that I talked to in the Fairlight episode with astrology. And that mountain spirit told me, you need to connect with your ancestors before you can connect with us. Right, <laughs> so, right. So it was uh, because they, I am like, they're, uh, well, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like, they're kind of like the barrier between me and the rest of the spirit realm is kind of what it led me to believe. So like, it went from like Odin telling me to work with the earth to the earth telling me to work with my ancestors. And then it all just opened up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And so, in a lot of ways, it pretty much gave you the opportunity to, yeah, you know, open that door and explore. Yeah, and the the Earth Spirit also told me, and like this was like you needed that. This was like a couple of weeks before I broke my leg, mm-hmm. but it told me that it was going to force me to ground, mm. so that I could connect with my ancestors. That's- <laughs> That's and then like two or three weeks later I snap my leg and I'm out of commission for like an entire year. <laughs> so And it's like, no, please. Grand grandmother Anything. mountain broke my leg so I could get closer to my ancestors. Anything but this. <laughs> Anything but this. And I feel for you. Like I do. 
because no, it's I good. It's like I know, like I love that that's brought you to that journey because you needed that. Like I was saying, yeah. And I know. So I, I know. Was, I went on kind of a ramble there for a second. I mean, it's okay. It it came around. It's okay. It's okay. It was needed. Uh, is there anything else? Like, uh, I definitely feel like I'm in a better place now because of the ancestor work that I've done and the deep shadow work that I've done. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, ancestor work forces you to do shadow work. Yes. Because your ancestors are literally in your blood. They're inside of you. So you have to go deep down and figure out who the hell you are before you can like truly learn to connect with your ancestors. I believe in my experience, that's the way it is anyway. Yeah. And I think that's where, cause I've heard a lot of people say that they really don't, like they're intimidated by ancestor work. And I think that's because most people are not comfortable with doing that deep shadow work that is required to work with your ancestors and to like work towards being a healer and helping other people mm. heal on their journeys. Right. And right. that can be a barrier because it's dark and it's dirty and it's uncomfortable and it's not fun at all. But hey, we kind of need to do it. I mean, it has to happen sometimes like that. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, it's, um, I feel like we've both kind of gone through that. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like in the entire, our, throughout our, our entire relationship. And then especially once we became, um, like pagans or witches, mm-hmm. whatever we want to call ourselves now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably, we could probably wrap it up yeah. there. Well, I was going to say the the last thing was that let's leave off with like one last thing. So if there is one last thing that you could leave as far as like your, your best tip for connecting with your ancestors or just entirely what you've learned so far from this, what would you say um, has been the most like effective way of like connecting? best way of connecting is speaking like the spoken word is extremely powerful in all forms of ritual and magic and ceremony like just talk to them mm-hmm. um and yeah just talk to them honestly yeah. that's that's yeah, that probably was, yeah. as simple as it gets just yeah. just freaking talk to them yeah because they are listening they're For within sure. you they're all around you mm-hmm. and they're they're some of the only spirits that you can depend on completely because you are their skin in the game you are the part of them that still has a chance to like do things better right potentially and something else that i think would be a good piece of advice is like um one good purpose for like ancestor work is to ensure to your descendants that you will be a good ancestor for them mm-hmm. that's something that i've, that I've come absolutely, away absolutely absolutely because not every ancestor um is going to be the right the right one to connect to or, yeah. or to be involved with and they may feel the same about you so yeah. um that's really good that's good advice um i would say for me it's just been to trust and to be consistent and allow yourself to really be open. Yeah. Don't block your own connection because you're afraid or because, um, you don't know anything because you will learn. And, um, I'm starting off as like a complete, complete baby with all of this. So really I'm still learning a lot, but I feel like what has really helped me to strengthen my connection has been literally just trusting and talking and connecting with them in the ways that they have asked and implied. So, yeah. you know, pulling cards and journaling and um, reaching out to them during like my alone times and my showers and my connections and yeah. all of that has allowed me to make that connection stronger. So um, it's really it's going to be interesting to see how this goes like in a, the future, how our journeys evolve yeah but it's been really nice to kind of like recap how far we've come because it has been a crazy ride for sure yeah so a lot of trial and error absolutely and you're gonna find that too like just do what feels right to you and 
you will evolve your you and your ancestors will evolve together in how to communicate with each other yeah like you may find a different way of communicating that doesn't resemble anything that we were talking about and that's that's beautiful and perfect too for sure this has been another episode of heathen in the hedge you can find us on tiktok instagram facebook check out our link tree uh soon to be youtube and uh and all those all those links will lead you back to us yeah so make sure that you all um like share leave feedback we hope you enjoyed this episode and we will catch you guys on the next one this has been heathen the hedge podcast i'm shay my name's merlin and we will see you next time peace love you guys